for today's Bible study. Uh, let us pray. Let us pray. Um, Heavenly Father, we thank you. We give you glory. Thank you for today. Thank you for your blessing. Thank you for grace. Thank you for your love. And thank you for every one of us in this place. Thank you for your church. And thank you for your word. Be exalted, O oh Lord, in the name of Jesus. Lord, we pray that we are here. your presence tabernacle with us amen. may i put your vessel lord speak to us and speak to us oh lord amen us to put your words into practice so that it can profit us and our generations amen in jesus mighty name amen amen, amen. in jesus name um there's an opportunity again to be here um last week we had um our study on the book of Colossians, yes, Colossians. We have a study on Colossians last week, and um, we had an amazing time. So today, we will be going straight to our lesson. The Lord will be teaching us about the book of, um, from the book of Thessalonians. Um, we are going to be discussing the book of Thessalonians today, first and second Thessalonians today. And... Um, I, I believe it promises to be beautiful and um, a wonderful time in God's presence. But also, we are going to be reading um, a lot of um, biblical scriptures today. So I want us to get our Bible ready and our notes so that we can read along. Okay. So um, initially, I already planned that we are going to be having um, a discussion first. Uh, I'd plan to for us to have a discussion. We are just three of us, so I would like us to have the discussion when more participants have uh, joined the meeting so that we can have um, a robust conversation. All right. Um, if, you are, if you are with our Bible study manual, so this is week 44, according to our Bible study manual, and we are studying... And we are studying the book of Thessalonians. Um, our first verse is an overview of the epistles to the Thessalonians. So, uh, memory verse. Let's open our Bible to the book of Second Thessalonians. Second Thessalonians chapter three, verse five. Second Thessalonians chapter three, verse five. And if anybody is there, let us read. If anyone is there, please read us. Now, may the Lord direct your hearts into the love of God and into hmm. the patience of Christ. Hmm. Now, may the Lord direct your heart into the love of God and into the patience. Pleading with, is pleading and is praying, you know, that the heart of the people of Thessalonica be directed to the love of God and the patience of Christ. You know, um, it, it can be uh, a bit funny to be hearing Paul praying this prayer, but a brief uh, conversation about the book of Thessalonians. Um, scholars believed 
that um, uh, Paul had a visit to the church in Thessalonia in the second missionary journey. And so it was um, a journey that was filled with a lot of turbulence, a lot of issues right here and there. You know, now when Paul got to the uh, city of Thessalonica, he had conversations first. Majorly, most of his audience were Jews and Greeks converts. And you know, it was um, a conversation that was, you know, a bit tensed. Within three weeks of Paul engaging the Christians, he had been uh, assaulted. He was thrown out of the was thrown out of the synagogue. In just you know, it was um, it was a a great a great uh, persecution. There was evil them, and then you know, having to cut it short due to the persecution he, he, he encountered due to the persecution he encountered. And, you know, God, so being wonderful, prepared another place where he was able to minister from there to the book, to the people of Thessalonia. So it was um, a, 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 a very, um, a very serious matter of the gospel to Paul. And from our introduction, um, reading from the introduction now, say Paul, the writer of these books had sent one of his disciples, Timothy, to encourage and strengthen the new church founded and missed opposition from the Jewish community. His report necessitated that the first epistle to answer certain of their faith in Christ Thessalonians 3.6. The second epistle was written to correct some misinterpretations in the first. So now, due to the fact that there were persecutions uh, uh, in Thessalonia, you know, having to be thrown out in just three weeks with so much, um, so much, you know, virtue and lots to do, a lot of work to do. They were, you know, they were people, the people there, the, the Christians were open to learning. They were, you know, so sold out to the Lord and their love was un undoubted. It was undoubted and it was something that Paul was proud of. So that he experienced within the three weeks he was there. Within the three weeks he was there. He, and he, he, he saw their unfeigned love. Like I wrote here, Paul wrote to praise the believers for their unfeigned love undaunted zeal and patience in the face of intense persecutions. You know, he experienced it. So there was no, there was no, um, there was no doubt in his heart that they loved the Lord. There was no doubt in his heart that they loved the Lord. And so he, he had to write to them, okay, guys, uh, because he saw it. After he left, there were also persecutions to the brethren over there. And a lot, a lot happened, which he learned about through um, Timothy, who was a son in Christ, which he sent. So the, the report was like, sir, these people are not finding it um, very, very conducive. It was not really um, comfortable. But like it was not really trending. 
to be a Christian at that time. Nobody wanted to be a Christian. So, and what are, what, what are the other reasons why Paul wrote this? Paul wrote to tell the Thessalonians what happens to believers that die in, in the faith. You know, looking at it, when there is a lot of persecution, there is bound to be death. Persecutions that lead to death, a lot of um, situations. And I think this is synonymous to believers at this end time, looking at the situations in, in several countries, um, much more that we can see in our own country, and a lot that we are hearing from other countries. He, he wrote the book of Thessalonians to encourage them to, to open their hearts to the, to the future. What, what happens? What is the situation of people that died? Is there any consolation? And um, thirdly, Paul wrote to encourage the Thessalonians to endure their manifold trials and be willing and ready when necessary to suffer for the task of the gospel. So, and um, lastly, second uh, to last, Paul wrote to advise them to abstain from sexual immorality. Immorality. Well, we are going to get to that later on. And fifth, Paul wrote to retreat his teachings on the second coming of Christ. Paul wrote to charge the Thessalonians to increase their love capacity through, though they already had a good testimony on this, Paul wrote to make them aware of a strong desire and intention to revisit them and continue to minister to them. And lastly, Paul wrote to request prayers from the Thessalonians. Now, this is just an overview of the situations and the things we are going to be um, reading through as we study on. So the next paragraph so these books were written to meet the needs of the inexperienced Christians who were being troubled about Christ's coming, second coming, and the fate of believers who had died, as we have said, and to bring them closer to Christ. The king verse along this line is 1 Thessalonians 4.17. 1 Thessalonians 4.17. Um, let me read that to us quickly. Yeah, from here it says, then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together. Okay. So the key verse along this line concerning the people that are dead in Christ, those who lost their life through persecution, you know, trials, you know, so much that was happening to them, he wrote to encourage them. Uh, from our study outline says, the book are very relevant to us today. Hence, justification for being studied. Justification for being studied. Justification for being studied. So we have discussions because this is a practical book. The book of Thessalonians is practical. And um, I would love us to have, um, I would love us to have a, a, a good time discussing about this, um, I would love us to have good time to discuss about these places. Now, now, thank God uh, we have some of our brethren who have joined us. Um, 
with what we have said about the book of Thessalonians, especially First Thessalonians now, um, what are the things that we found as similarity? Now, what are the things that we have discussed about them? We have discussed the, the unfeigned love of believers, the unfeigned love of the believers, not just that they, they show they, they were loving in their hearts alone. You know, so much for, I, I believe God with all my heart. Yes, I confess Christ as my Lord and Savior. But there is no corresponding fruits. You know, as the Bible says, by their fruit you shall know them. Paul was not talking about a love that is only being confessed by the mouth. He's talking about the love which he himself experienced among them. The love he experienced among them, the persecution that was rampant in their days. So and now looking at our own, our own generation, our own time, now the, 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 uh, our discussion is gonna be um, grouped into some uh, sub subtopics. Under the discussion we have in, the, uh, in our study outline, we have personal testimony. Paul humbly presented himself and his ministry as examples to his listeners. His, his courage, sincerity, God-fearing, truthfulness, selflessness, humility, gentleness, affection, industry, irreproachability, personal and social purity, love of brethren, orderliness, voluntary service, etc. These are great Christian virtues for life and ministry. Which of these do you possess? So while we talked about loving the Lord, how visible, you know, Jesus Christ was telling the disciples, let your light so shine before men. Sometimes culture, our lifestyle, is not a show off. It's not a show off. We should not mistake our gentleness, humility, affection, you know, our personal and social purity. There are, there are certification levels for a Christian life. The things you don't do, the things you do. You know, they're asking us, which of these do we possess? Are we lacking in one and found in one? And they're like, what? We cannot be, nobody's perfect, Jared. No, no. Yes, we are a continuous work in progress. But what is the standard of our life in comparison to the word of the Lord. Persecutions, they were not limited to the Jewish Christians. All must suffer for Christ's sake. All must suffer for Christ's sake. The book of Thessalonians is such an interesting, such an interesting book, I must confess, because going through it, having to go over it and again and again, I could uh, imagine the situation in the book of Thessalonians, in the land of Thessalonians during those days, having to, I just want to serve the Lord. I'm not causing trouble for anybody. Serve the Lord, be the best of myself, follow the teaching of Christ. And then some people are like, no, you can't. It's not allowed. So we are not going to escape in our own days. We are not going to escape this in our own days. There shall be persecutions. 
there shall be persecutions. I believe it's no longer news. There shall be persecutions till Jesus comes. It's not going to get better. Like my pastor used to say, like, the world cannot get, what will not get better from one issue to the other. Because why? We are in the end of times. And even imagine now, the people of Thessalonica were experiencing persecution thousands of years ago. I'm sure it's thousands of years ago right now. So how much more we that are found in this generation? Visitation of ministers to churches is non-negotiable. Paul had longed to see the church again, but for certain obstacles, yet they ever remain in his mind. So he sent him to visit them, to strengthen them in faith. The prayer of the minister is necessary for his members. How well are you praying for your group members, pastors? So visitation, I will show this by telling them how much he loved to visit them. It is also important that we as members, we as children of the Lord, we keep ourselves in prayers. We keep ourselves in prayers. We keep ourselves in prayers. It's not just that our pastors can minister well unto us alone, that the Lord will keep them. You know, <laughs> it, 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 it's, it's a beautiful thing that a lot of us sometimes we are like, ah, if a pastor gets maybe misbehaves or something happens, they are like, ah, eh, they, they, they. We are quick. Christians can attest to the persecution and attacks that we are getting. How much more our leaders? How much more our leaders? So it is important. They are telling us now, how well are you praying for your group members, our fellow believers, and our pastors? Fourth point, contrast. There is a contrast between the glorious end of faithful believers and doom for the finally impenitent. You know, this was more discussed in the book of Second Thessalonians. There, we, we have to understand that let so many woke ideologies come into this world. Let so many things happen. Let people come with so many, um, what will I call it now? Oh, it's in hell, it's in fire, in heaven. One thing is sure. The end of a faithful believer and a non-believer can never be the same. Can never be the same. I was listening to Daddy, Daddy Gio at a point, I think that was 2017. Yes, uh, but I believe he has said this several times in his messages. He said, you know, at, his, at the end of his messages, he usually have what I call. And the church members that at the end of a Christian is wonderful, is beautiful. No matter the persecution, is going to be great and everything. He said, but you as an unbeliever, I know that your end cannot be great. You are already judged. You are already doomed. I don't need to, there is no motivation for an unbeliever. The only saving grace is to give his life to Christ. So times and again, we keep hearing this. There is no, you know, sometimes when we meet some people, there was so much, you know, sweet words like, 
there is nobody, there's no hell, there is nothing, nothing, nothing is going to happen. If you do this and this happens, what will happen? You know, so many ideologies, but it is being um, re-emphasized onto us that there is a sharp contrast between the hand of a faithful believer and the end of a non-believer. To a non-believer, there is doom. There is doom. I was coming from, uh, I, I stepped out today and, and on my way back, I was meditating. I was just, just got lost in thought. And I was like, imagine the amount of people that are dying daily. The numbers of people that are dying daily that are unbelievers. The, the, I could not imagine the number. Now in my head, I was like, let me say, with the situations of, you know, the things, let me even put Nigeria as a context. Averagely, I'm just saying, you know, let me, it might be more than that, but averagely, one person dies a day. 365 people in a year. I'm just saying averagely from my own thinking. I'm sure, it, I'm sure it will be more than that. You know, when you count people that are dying through accident, dying through maybe one disease or the other, dying through um, insurgency and everything. Averagely, let me beat it down. One person dies a day in this country. That is 365 people in a year. So in five years, I'm talking about thousands. Now imagine that what happens in Africa. Imagine what happens in South, uh, South America, North America. So there is a lot of unbelievers that are to be, you know, evangelized to. It is a serious matter. It is a serious issue. The fifth one now, say how to scale to believers enjoy to hold on to sound doctrine. Also, passionately pray for your pastors. Are you already doing this? How do we stay through these situations of life? We stay through so many um, heresy in our days. You know, scholars believe that the second uh, epistles to the Thessalonians was written as a result of the report of Timothy. Now, in the book of First Thessalonians, Paul had enjoined them. I told them, okay, if somebody dies. It's gone. There is there is hope. The person is going to be with the Lord, as we have read. So there is no need for us to be anxious. No need to, you know. But at the end of the day, according to Second Thessalonians, Paul was addressing a particular issue of I do members, which scholars believe that maybe after Paul had left, some heretic preachers had come and said, "Oh, you guys are we are already agreeing that there is going to be heaven." Jesus Christ is coming soon. No need to walk again. And why going through that? I was smiling because it, it gave me an idea about some records or report that we have heard about Nigeria that at the time, because of the so much uh, enthusiastic of so many believers, you know, people begin to throw away their properties. You know, somebody had come and said, Jesus Christ is coming in maybe 1990 something or 98 something. So people were like, ah. Jesus is coming now. <laughs> no need for cars, no need for houses, no need to go to school. Let's just be calm. Let's just sit down and just expect Jesus Christ to come back. But Paul was like, no, this is not what we are saying. The fact that we know Jesus Christ is coming back does not make you guys to become idle. Idleness can never be found in Christ. Laziness can never be, because when you become idle, you become a burden to the church. So the church will not uh, because we are hiding now. Maybe we should not eat again because we are expressing just to come. Maybe we should not even breathe again. Let everybody just die. So we can imagine and imagine this now because of the fact that some people had 
been brainwashed. There are so many teachings about this already in the world that has happened. You know, I was somebody opened somebody name to me. I think it was even online on Twitter. I saw it. A man that has preached that if Christians should kill themselves or they should die, they are going to heaven. And they they literally killed each other. Like he poisoned the members. They were died. Because they believe that if they die, they were going to heaven. That heaven is their greatest gain and everything. And I quickly went online to search the person's name. And I found it that it was true. People literally killed each other. Like this man literally caused the death of his followers just because they believed that Jesus Christ, uh, heaven was sure. So this was also the situation to some people in the, in the church in Thessalonica. They believed that Jesus Christ was coming because, you know, Paul was very agile, so many ginger and everything. So they had believed that Jesus Christ was coming soon and had already come and infiltrated the church and tell them, ah, Jesus Christ is coming soon now. No, don't need for motto, no need to be uh, excellent, no need to be hardworking, no need to care for your life and everything. Just sit down, let's wait for the coming of Jesus Christ. But Paul was quickly to address this. Don't do this. Don't do this. There were so many things, you know, he had to, you know, talk to them about. And lastly, in our discussion, Jesus in this book, Jesus is shown as the coming and the consuming Christ. Signs of the second Christ's second coming, the time of the day of the Lord was misconstrued, and this was shaking. This was these are shaking the new convert's mind. Hence, the need for clarity. Wrong views and teachings pervade the world. Hope you are not already tired waiting for the Lord's return. Are we not tired? We have labored. We have prayed. We've heard so many people share so many testimonies and conversations and tell us, ah, Jesus is coming soon. You know, some people said, uh, like, <laughs> like my pastor will say, uh, pastor said, I just say, uh, people believe that Trump was the Antichrist. So people believe Barack Obama was the Antichrist. Now, Antichrist don't hand over batting to another Antichrist. We keep having evolution of the Antichrist. So, you know, this is, is an evolution of the Antichrist. So, Maybe Barack Obama got tired of being an antichrist and said, okay, Donald Trump, come and take the bat, you know. Maybe so now we say uh, Putin is the antichrist. Now we don't know it. So antichrist keep germinating all, all here and there. So are we not tired? And you know, the thing is, this thing that we people keep talking about, is it's working some weak believers. They're like, oh, maybe there is no antichrist, unless just enjoy Maybe there is no even heaven saved. You know, this thing is just a camera. Maybe they are just deceiving us. But like Jesus Christ said, it's going to be like a thief in the night for those who are not watchful. It's going to be like a thief in the night. The way it's going to come, it's going to be like a thief in the night. It's not going to be like, ah, ah yes, we are on the unwatchful one. He has already given of man is closed. So what should we do? We must always be watchful. We must be watchful. And lastly, under the uh, discussion, events in the line of Jesus Christ's second coming includes the apostasy of many, self-exaltation of the man of sin, falsehood, man of sin destroyed when Christ comes. Even when we study the, the book of Thessalonians, there are so many pointers. Jesus Christ himself gave so many pointers. Not this uh, Barack Obama is the Antichrist, and so many things. No, let us be a good scholar of the Bible. That is the only way. I can tell you that if there are so many teachings going on now, but especially with LGBTQ and everything going on in the world and all these things, 
imagine in the next 10, 15, 20 years, maybe in Nigeria, maybe by that time, maybe Nigeria said, well, we'll not go to fun about it. We will not be fanning against the um, same-sex marriage again. I'm, I'm, I'm really seeing it coming forward. Like the, the ginger that we have now is because we have so many old, old men in the center who are like, ah, these are abomination. Just imagine this our own set of youth. When they get into the house of uh, maybe the Senate and everything, maybe some gay people and lesbians get into the house of Senate. That's say no. Those times were the days of our fathers. They will move the motion and it will pass. So if we are not careful right now, if we are not careful and take up our work, which the gospel, we are talking about America. They grew up into this. They grew into this. Before, what is Nigeria behind all these people? Evangelicals, powerful people. You know, looking at the the book that was written, the um, the evangelist, uh, this um, this popular book that was written. The majority of them sprang up in the American environment. Now, look if they both if those people were looking behind now and looking back into the America that they prayed so much for. Looking at now, you must if you don't marry gay and uh, lesbians in church, you can be sued. They can arrest you. They'll be like, they will never believe it. So this is a wake-up call to every one of us. As Paul is addressing the Thessalonians, don't, don't lose God. Don't lose your God. Don't be caught up in so many other things of this world. Be, be, take it personal. Yes, we are not going to go out and say, kill them, jail them. But be serious about the work of the gospel. Like I said, in the next 30, 40 years, Maybe Generation Z that the one now in the in the House of Assembly. I'm not going to say culture says we can no, we should not uh, same-sex marriage is bad. I will tell you, I think not human beings. Is government not for everybody? Why can't they live and be allowed to live? What will you do when they say now? God, like I would say, let me just say, God forbid. Say, see now, if you don't marry gay, we will sue you. We will close out your church. Ah. Everybody be like, Jesus is Lord. Like so many of us, we say, God forbid. God forbid. It cannot happen. But God will not forbid from heaven. We must take our walk. Persecution will come. We will be insulted. Everything, everybody, the devil will his arsenals again. He promised that the, the gate of hell shall not prevail. But yes, for the gate of hell not to prevail, men are going to be enrolled into the work of the ministry. It is going to be our own due diligence and duty in support of the Holy Spirit in our lives and in our culture to drive this home. And I pray the Lord will bless us all and strengthen us all in Jesus' name. So um, I just I welcome our converse, I welcome our comments, I welcome our um, additions, I welcome our criticism, what, what we think the book of Thessalonians or, or preaches and everything. So I, I I think the line is open to every one of us. Okay, thank you. Let me just share a few thoughts on that point number two, persecution. First uh, Thessalonians 2, 13 and 14. I'll read from here. First Thessalonians 2, 13 and 14. It says, and we also thank God continually for this, that when you received the word of God concerning salvation, which you heard from us, you welcomed it not as word of mere men, but as it is as it truly is the word of God, which is effectually at work in you 
who believe exercising its inherent supernatural power in those of faith. For you, brethren, became imitators of the churches of God in Jesus Christ that are in Judea, because you too suffered the same kind of persecution from your own countrymen as they did from the Jews. Now, Paul was commending them that they were persecuted as the, by their own people as the Jews were, as the church in Judea were persecuted by the Jews. Now, what is the lesson there? It wasn't the Jews that came to persecute the church in Thessalonica. It was their countrymen. So each person's breakfast is different. For all of us, we chop the breakfast. Our persecution in Nigeria is different from the persecution the church in America will go through. The church in the UK, their kind of challenges will be different from the church in Russia. It will be even our church in Nigeria is going to be different from Ghana or South Africa. So we, yes, we, we need to understand, but it's the same persecution. Uh, Paul was, was commending them that it is the same breakfast. Everybody is eating it. It may be different. So it is wrong for, for Christians to think that because you are not facing my kind of persecution, then you are not facing persecution. Because you're not facing the persecution from my own brethren, because it was the, the, the countrymen of people in the church in Judea, the Jews that are persecuting them. It was the countrymen of the church in Thessalonica that were persecuting them. So your own brethren will persecute you. The things we're facing in Nigeria is different from the church, the underground churches in, in Afghanistan, in, even in Saudi Arabia, although officially Saudi government doesn't want to believe that there's a, there are churches in Saudi Arabia, but they are underground churches. Okay, uh, one of my lecturers uh, in seminary shared this, this example that um, during, I think during the Cold War, I'm not sure, during one of the wars in, in in Europe, I think it was either Europe or Asia, whereby churches can only meet on the ground. Uh, I think it's going to be Eastern Europe, whereby you it is communism. You cannot have any other religion. So Christians were meeting on the ground. They can't see Bible with you. So the, a lady was going for one of the church meetings. The police now stopped her. Where are you going? Now, if she says she's going to the to church, she's going to be jailed. And she will first march the police to the church first, and everybody in the church will be jailed. So she said, my elder brother died, and we're going to read his will. As she told the lie, and class was, as she told the lie, so she has said the truth that we're going to church, come what me, and then they are imprisoned or killed. But let's look at the context. Jesus is our elder brother. Jesus died. The Bible is the will of God. And we're going to read his will. But if you look at it, if you say that in the context of a Nigerian church, whereby you can meet and be clapping on the streets without government permit. You can just stay in one and about and be disturbing the hope, peace of the whole population. Nobody will arrest you. 
if a if a person in that context is criticizing that woman or that lady in that particular country, God will just be laughing because your persecution is different from my persecution. So we need to be tolerant about each other. There are cultures, some missionaries are going through a lot. So our criticism should, should, be, should be less because they are all, we are all going through uh, persecutions. Then lastly, my, from my own end, if, before we have other people talk, um, Paul said in Second Thess Thessalonians 3, 1 to 5, specifically requested that the church should pray for them. And I'm also specifically requesting that this church should pray for me, pray for your pastors. Ministry is not, is not beans. Ministry is not easy. Pray. There are loads of discouragements here and there. There are loads of attacks here and there. So I want to encourage us as a church to keep praying for our pastors. Thank you very much, sir. God bless you. Over to the next person. Yeah, Thank you so much, sir. Thank you so, much, sir. so um, we are still open for more contributions. Mommy, you are here. I can see you. And um, is it brother Bamiguye or elder or daddy? The contribution is highly. Um, needed. I'm talking about the book of Thessalonians, a wonderful book. And um, looking at the settings, when I was going through the setting, I'm like, yes, the book of Thessalonians could be likened to a, a, a very big city in our own days. We're looking at our cities where there is a lot of commerce. Thessalonians are um, a blessed set of people. The land is, you know, vast with so much commercial activities going on there. So, you know, one of the issues that I also noticed there was the issues of sexual promiscuity. And um, I think it, it's, it's important. I think that is one thing that has been found common with cities where there is a lot of commercial activities looking at Lagos, looking at Port Accord, you know, big cities, you know, the issue, the church must be very careful. The church must be careful. The church must be careful. The church must be careful. Paul had to sound it unto them. Be careful. Yes, be careful. Sexual sins are not allowed. Sexual sins are not allowed in the body of Christ. So, any other contribution before we go to our questions? We have some questions here. Okay, maybe I should also talk about uh, the rapture and the concept of Jesus is coming tomorrow. Uh, then he has not come for the past hundred years. Um, some people may be uh, discouraged. Uh, and then um, I've, I've heard in, a, in my own day and time, I've heard... Uh, people who were discouraged from going to school before Jesus, because Jesus will soon come. People were discouraged from getting married because Jesus will soon come. Um, in my opinion, I stand to be corrected. 
But I think those are false doctrines or maybe a little bit not correct doctrines. Yes, we should prepare for the coming of the Lord as if, as if it will happen the next second. In fact, if the trumpet doesn't sound, some of us may sleep and not wake up again. That is a fact. So that person's Jesus has come. So we should always be prepared. However, we should also plan. We should, we should keep uh, claiming ground for, for the Lord while waiting for his coming. Another false uh, or maybe wrong notion that is also thought about the concept of the coming of the Lord is that um, uh, we're going to heaven straight. Uh, but if you look at, uh, I think, four, uh, first chapter 4, 17, that those of us who are alive, the dead in Christ arise for us, that's from 16. Uh, those of us who are alive will, will be changed and will be caught up to meet with the Lord in the air. That is very, very uh, 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 significant. We are not meeting the Lord in heaven. We're going to meet the Lord in the air, and there we shall be with the Lord. That is still not heaven. Uh, let's, what's the time? Okay, maybe there's still time for me to paraphrase the end time. I'll just, this is just summary. Um, yeah. I will, I will, I will just paraphrase the end time. Let me read Brother uh, Bangboye's message. Good evening, everyone. I would like to say praying for the church and the unsaved should be a lifestyle on a daily basis, not only when we gather in church. God bless you, sir. Very, very sacrosanct. It's not only when we gather in church <laughs> that we should <clears throat> pray for the church or pray for the unsaved. Thank you, sir. So um, about the, um, the end time events, the trumpet sounds me with the Lord in the air. I will be with the Lord for seven years. The, 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 the marriage supper of the Lamb is going to happen in the air, not in heaven. So after seven and seven years, we'll come, or three and a half years, depending on the school of thought you agree on, uh, or strip or pre-trib. Uh, maybe when we get to Revelations, I'll talk more about that. But uh, we'll come back to the earth with Jesus. That was That's when... Well, am I going to happen that Jesus should defeat his enemies with a sword coming out of his mouth? So after he has defeated his enemy, here on earth, we will reign with Christ for 1,000 years. Now, there will still be people who are mortals here on earth, so commingle for 1,000 years. They will be dying, they will be having diseases, who will be immortals. Uh, that's also, I don't want to go deep into explaining how that will happen, but after that millennial reign, during the millennial reign, the devil and the, anti the Antichrist and the false prophets, who we call the Antichrist, are actually two people, but the false prophet and the world ruler are taken alive and casted into the lake of fire for 1,000 years. Devil is bound into the bottomless pit for that 1,000 years. At the end of 1,000 years, where we've reigned with Christ on earth, not in heaven, on earth, devil will be released. It will go all over the world, deceive the mortals into fighting the immortals. Fire comes down from heaven, consumes them all, once and for all. That one, there's no bargaining about that. Then, this whole earth will be destroyed. That's why the Bible says, I see a new heaven and a new earth. 
this earth as it is will be destroyed totally. It will be a, a brand new earth. That is where the presence of the Lord, God, the glory of the Lord himself will be, Jesus Christ will be, uh, uh, the city that will be the headquarters in New Jerusalem. The, 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 there will be multiple trees of life. That is, where we, that is when we will now reign with God and be there forever. And that is when mm. we are still dead at that time. That's everybody that has been dead from the beginning of the world. It's at that point that they appear before the great white throne of judgment. So it's at that point they, they get cast in hell and the devil with them cast in hell. So mm. at rapture, we are, being, we are going to be with the Lord in the air. In mm. After a thousand years, that what we call heaven, what we know as what we refer to as heaven, will happen. So I think um, that's just a summary in a, in less than ten minutes. Uh, I, but if you have questions, you can just reach out to me personally because I'm not treating uh, eschatology. So it's just the book of uh, Thessalonians. Okay, sir. Thank you so much, sir. Thank you so much, sir. Um, and seriously. Thank you for bringing that in. Uh, I, I think, henceforth, uh, I will make a suggestion that <laughs> every of our Bible study, we should set like a reminder to always remind ourselves of this. The end is coming. Mm. It is coming. Mm. So, yes, let's talk about the Bible. Let's pray. Be aware. Don't use grace to cover bad things. Mm. Be aware that the end is coming. You know, that's one of the things that a lot of people want to fight against. Hmm. The end comes. Oh, nothing is coming. There's no heaven. There's no hell. If there is heaven, she, the band will be dead. She, Ashaka will be dead. She, hmm. All this life, like, we DJ, something will be dead. Will there be, you know, a lot of things. And it creeps into the heart of so many young believers. So many. They'll be hmm. like, that ever said we'll be born in. No, <coughs> we mm. need to be reinforcing that statement. Mm. Don't let the, the device, devices of the world make you think God is boring. Mm. God is not boring. Whatever you are saying that is not of the light, the original is in God. This is fake. You want beauty, you want blessings, you want innovation, you want music. You want everything that you can imagine. The original is in God. Mm. I pray the Lord will help us all in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Now, our uh, questions here, they briefly say what you know from the Bible, most especially from first and second Thessalonians about the second coming of Christ. We've treated that. We've treated that. We must also suffer for Christ's sake. True or false? True. True. How has this study affected you that should make you seek for an upward review of your life and ministry. Hmm. And four, are you personally convinced of Christ's second coming? Hmm. Um, uh, it's very important, very important. We must go back to the drawing board and take all the major points that we have talked about and work on them. Our love for Christ must never grow cold. I was discussing with my mentor um, some weeks back. I told him, let's start. These are the issues, these are the issues. Like, no, get this right. Get this right. Don't lose form. It's important that we don't lose form. It's important that we don't allow the, the things of the world to always fill up our hearts. 
there is a way the, the word is orchestrated to always distract believers. To always distract believers. You know, you go in the morning. Yes. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Sir, we would like to hear your voice. So, Daddy Bamiboye, we would like to hear your voice, sir. Are you in a conducive environment? Please speak to us. Good evening. Oh, sorry. Oh, Good evening. Kenny. Yeah, let's see your face. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm so okay. sorry. I'm sorry. No problems. Uh, I didn't know if she's the one. Good to hear your voice. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I can go ahead. Yes, you can go ahead. Okay, all right. Thank you, sis. Um, we appreciate your contributions. So please, like I said, look at the fourth question. The fourth question: Are you personally convinced of Christ's second coming? Mm. If you are met with an atheist outside, we used still come. Used to be able to say yes, Christ is coming back. You know, it's it's a lot. It's a lot to 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 take in. We must be grounded. We must be grounded. In conclusion, we have just three minutes before we round up. In conclusion, now that we have discovered the majority of Christians to be dangerous, we ought, therefore, to give ourselves training and availability in God's service. Never listen to falsehood that has already been peddled about the matters of our faith. Don't stop asking questions about the faith, which was handed over to you, so as not to be dissuaded from the way. We must be earnest about pursuing Christian virtues, as Paul made himself an example. This speaks to us especially. Speaks to us especially. Uh, gave his life to Christ, and and we have said yes. Ah, since you are giving your life to Christ, we'll just be roaming around. Let's do you know this kind of uh, farming that is not uh, that is not capital intensive. We have put our chicken on the ground. Eat anything you like. You'll be fine. Those ones that used to be very strong. No, in the word of the Lord, eating anything will not make any believer very strong. Mm. Eating anything will not make any believer very strong. You know, Apostle Sema used to say something, and I used to take him for that. I said, see, the, after you give your life to Christ, it, your growth, you must take it as a deliberate action. You don't grow by eating here, eating there. No, there must be a deliberate and an intentional curriculum which you must follow to grow in the word of the Lord. And as a Christian, don't be looking here, look, looking there, and then you come to church and come and give your pastor a dick. No, subject every teaching to the word of the Lord. We must not, there is no excuse to hear, I'm a Christian, but you are not, you are not matured. Imagine what the immaturity of the Thessalonians was about to cause to the church. Hmm. Jesus Christ is coming soon. They stopped working. Maybe that one that had a, Maybe that one was one of the richest in the church, sold everything and said, ah, the justice is coming to. I'm sure the effects of that would take long for it to be corrected. So don't let us take ourselves backward by entertaining him um, um, on, on, on found or unbalanced diet of the word of the Lord. Jesus Christ has come, he has died for our sins. Yes. We have the spirit of the Lord to guide us. Acts chapter 1 says, for as many as are led, when Christ is leading you, will he lead you to wear that kind of clothes? 
Will it lead you to be to do fraud? Will it lead you to be insultive? Will it lead you to always criticize your ministers, to your leaders? As many as are led. It is very, there is no ambiguity about the word of Christ, about Christianity. As many as are led. So we must give ourselves to more learning and availability in God's service. We don't have any chance to sleep. No sleeping. No, let me take my leg off the pedal. If you have been preaching in the reverse once in a while, intensify. They will not answer to your prayers. Preach. You get to church, somebody is doing something wrong. They, they have been instructing you that you, you are the only one that knows how to correct. Keep correcting. That is how you contribute to the work of the ministry. I pray the Lord will help us in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much. Okay. Thank you, everybody. Uh, it's eight o'clock already. We really need to run. We really need to run now and close. Thank you, everybody. I hope we've learned uh, a lesson. We we'll just say a word of prayers, uh, and then we close. Uh, my younger brother, Wale Alesh Lawyer, thank you for joining us. I don't know if you are Colonel now or Major. Uh, thank you for joining us. God bless you. And my cousin, um, uh, Kenny. Thank you so much. It's been a while I heard your voice. Thank you so much. Uh, God bless you, everybody, every other person, and our teacher. God bless you for the teaching. God will increase you in Jesus' name. Uh, there's a song I want us to sing. Um, I hope I'm not too old school. Uh, I, I, I hope that uh, some people will still know it on this platform. Uh, if you don't know it, don't worry. I will just sing it once or twice, and then we'll pray. Awanshono awasireti Ojo tolubala wa yode Tiyomu wa kwadalo sile Ojo ayolo jono yoje Awanshono Awa sireti Ojo tolubala wa yode Tiyomu wa sile Ojo ayolo jono I'm glad I'm not the only one that knows it. I'm not too old. Although Kenny is older than me, but <laughs> um, those are the songs we grew up with uh, in those days as teenagers. And um, it's just, I'm scared of this uh, generation, the kids you are raising. We're not singing such songs, we're not preaching such messages as we should. Although I'm a pastor, uh, we're trying as much as possible to put this in our sermons, to put this in the content of our sermons. Jesus is coming soon. I mean, a lot of churches are no longer preaching that. That's the sincere truth. I just want to encourage us on this platform. The coming of the Lord is imminent. May we be ready in Jesus' name. Let's share a word of prayer. Father, we thank you for your word that came out with precision, with authority. Thank you for its address everyone here. Father, we ask that as we prepare for your coming, 
you will make us worthy to be rapturable in the name of Jesus. Whatever it is that we have to in our hands that will not make us to make heaven, Lord, you remove it, you collect it from us in the name of Jesus. I pray for as many here that are going through one persecution or the other, you strengthen us through the persecutions in the name of Jesus. Make us a worthy church in Jesus' name. We pray for our leader, our, teach, our teacher for tonight. You will keep increasing him. You will keep renewing his oil, his anointing in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Amen. Father. In Jesus' Thank name, you, we prayed. Amen. God bless you. Thank you very much. We look forward Thank to you having so you next week. Everybody, please, let's be on time. Uh, next week, 7 o'clock uh, uh, Nigerian time. God bless you in Jesus' name. Have a wonderful, wonderful week ahead. Bye. Bye.